0: Right, well, welcome back, everybody. It's good to see all of your beautiful, beautiful faces. Um, hope you had a great Christmas and New Year's. I know it's been a while. I mean, I haven't seen most of you since, like, last year. Uh, you know you missed it, right? You know you missed it. Um, well... So, um, let me give you a little highlight. So, while we, uh, while we were on Christmas break, uh, my wife Laura and I, we went to South Carolina to visit her sisters and my nieces and nephews, um, and so I'll show you a picture uh, of them, I think. Yeah, all right. So, uh, we all had our matching PJ pants, so I got to hang out with all of my nieces and nephews, and that was a lot of fun. I got to play a lot of board games, eat a lot of food, and it was just a blast. So that, that was kind of what I did over the break, and so that was a good time. And while we were in South Carolina, I picked up a new, I want to say hobby, but it might be an addiction. I don't know. Uh, while we were in South Carolina, I picked up a new hobby. Maybe you've heard of it. And that hobby is pickleball. Yeah. Pickleball, all right, anybody play pickleball? Okay, all right, yeah, Luna, okay, 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 right? So I just want you to know, I, like, you know, pickleball's been, like, a big, trendy thing for a while, and I'm not, I'm really not one to, like, just jump on trends, that's why I won't have a Stanley thermos with a straw, I'm not doing it, sorry, sorry, Abby, I can't do it, um, but I played, and I was like, you know what, this is actually a lot of fun, I really enjoyed it. And we went out to play, and at first, I was like, okay, I played tennis some, and this was just so different and weird. I like went to hit it, and it just went doink, and I had to figure out how to, you know, use the paddle and all that stuff, but I liked it, and I wanted to get better, and so me, my father-in-law, and my two brothers-in-law, we played one afternoon for like three hours, and it was a lot of fun, and so we went back the next day, and then for like, four days in a row I think we played pickleball for like three hours in the afternoon. At one point the wind gusts were like 20 mile an hour. It was like 30 degrees. Like I, my hands were literally shaking but I was like pickleball you know. At one point I actually I hit the pickleball and it went and it like the wind just took it and it blew it out of bounds and I was like we're here now. I'm in this and so we did that and we played outside and it was a lot of fun but I really wanted to get better. My goal is to be, not pro, I just wanna be, be better. So, I was like, alright. When I came back to Pennsylvania, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna get better. And so, Derek, Ben, and I, and Abby, we went and we played at this indoor pickleball court. I mean, like, not to brag, but it was kind of a big deal for me. It was like like a tennis club and while Ben and Derek destroyed me, it was still a lot of fun, Um, and yeah, it was a lot of fun, and so I got to play in this fancy indoor club, and then I'm like, I wonder if there are any places that I can play in the area, and so I ended up finding a community center down in Kingston that has, like, pickleball and stuff, so I got a membership, got my own paddles, and I started watching videos, and my goal was to get better at Pickleball, so like all of my Instagram and TikTok feeds were all of these like Pickleball videos and pros and all that stuff, and I think, yeah, I can do that, and then I go play and I feel like such a chump, but I wanted to get better. And so one day on the community center schedule, it said open Pickleball, and I was like, uh, um, that's me. So I went to go play, and so when I walked in, I went in and there were some like older guys and gals, I think that might be the next picture, there were some older guys and gals that were playing and I was like, I'm not not saying that I'm like, you know, arrogant, but I mean, when I walked in and saw some of these older guys and gals, I was like, okay, okay, I think I can handle this, you know, I kind of cracked my neck a little bit, you know. Stretch, you know, walked in, tried to, you know, puff my chest and be like, you know, hi, my name's Nick, I'm here to play pickleball. So I went in, and I got set up, you know, and there were people that had, like, headbands on and stuff, and I was like, whoa, these people are intense, but whatever, I'm here. And so I thought, I can handle this. Well, then I went in and started playing. I soon realized this was not open pickleball. This was, in fact, an advanced pickleball class. I thought I was going for, like, just chill, beginners, you know, like, hanging out, pickleball. But after a couple serves, they were, like, spiking it on me. Like, there was this guy, I felt like he, like, kind of, like, walked up to the court like this. And then as soon as he had the ball, he was like, and I was like, "What, what just happened to this guy? And... I literally got spiked on by like 70 year old guys and gals. I I, I don't know what happened. And in between one of the matches I realized, I looked at the schedule and I looked at the wrong day. This was an advanced, this was like advanced pickleball, like intense pickleball. And I was like, you know what, I'm in this. I'm gonna do this. So I went back in and not to brag, but I feel like I actually held up okay. I think I at least convinced them that I was like intermediate maybe. I did get a few hits and stuff, so that was pretty good. But I'm really glad that I, you know, practiced a bunch in South Carolina and watched all these videos and stuff, because if I had walked into this advanced pickleball class, having never played, it probably would have been really, really bad. I mean, it was like, okay. I think they believed that I could have been there, but if I hadn't you know, worked on, you know, my craft, I probably would have ended up in a really bad spot. I had to start out simple and work my way up towards more difficult play. And so that was kind of my whole, whole Christmas break endeavor is, you know, learning how to play pickleball. And you know what, as I thought about this process for me, I thought, you know what, doesn't this kind of reflect what our spiritual lives can look like? You know, we Start out with kind of the basics, you know, the fundamentals of, you know, the Bible, our relationship with Jesus. But then as we continue to grow in our faith, we want to actually grow in our faith. We want to, you know, progress and have more knowledge and understanding. And so, but in order for me to hang out with the pro, pro, I'm calling them pro pickleball players, I had to learn and practice to kind of keep up with them. But if I had been content to play one time and then just go right into the advanced pickleball class, I probably would have fallen flat on my face. And you know, as followers of Jesus, we should never become content with where we are at spiritually. We should never say, you know what, I think I'm good right here. I'm going to grow in my relationship with Jesus, and then once I reach this point, then I'm good. I have arrived. We should always find ways to grow in our faith. And so as I started out, you know, learning pickleball, I kind of worked my way up and to get just a little bit better. And similarly, that's how our relationship with Jesus should look like. And thankfully, the book of Hebrews talks a lot about this idea. So if you have a Bible in front of you, turn to the book of Hebrews. If you don't have one with you, raise your hand. We have some Bibles that we can uh, lend to you to be able to to look at, so Hebrews is in the very back of the Bible, so go towards the back, Hebrews chapter 5, um, if you need uh, help figuring out where that book is, it's all good, you can ask a neighbor, ask a friend, keep in mind there is an index in the front of the Bible that will kind of tell you where it is, but it's like towards the very end, practically, alright? And so I'll give you guys a moment to find Hebrews chapter 5, and we're going to talk about this idea, this principle. And so as you turn there, just for some context, the book of Hebrews is a letter written to the Jewish Christians at that time. So those who were uh, formerly Jewish in their belief had now placed their faith in Jesus. And that's why this is a letter written to the Hebrews. Okay? So these were uh, Jews who had placed their faith In Christ. Okay, so Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. Would someone like to read that for us? Jason, my man. All right. Please go ahead and read that for us. Awesome, thank you. So, all right, so before we kind of dig into this, let me give you a little bit of a framework of what's happening here. So, prior to what we just read in Hebrews chapter 5, the author of Hebrews was just describing some really, really deep stuff like, really, really deep theology, deep beliefs, and he had written a whole chapter about this. And I'll let you go and read that and tell me what you think, but we're not going to talk about that here tonight. And so the author had been writing some deep, deep theology that many scholars have been debating for generations. So there's some pretty deep stuff happening. But in verse 11, the author here pauses to say what he says. Okay? And so we're going to work through this. So look at uh, verse 11. He starts out by saying, about this. Okay? So when he says about this, he's talking about the things that I had just been talking about. So in reference to what I had just Written, there's much to say. In other words, okay, I know I've been writing for about a chapter or two on some of this, you know, deep theology stuff. But let me just pause here because there's a lot more that I could say about this. And they go on to say, and it's hard to explain. So, like, you think this is deep? Trust me, I could go deeper. I could, you know, get more into this. But let me just pause here for a second, okay? And so let me ask you this. And we're going to kind of dive into this together. So if the writer here of Hebrews, if the writer were to keep going on what they were talking about prior to this, do you think it would be beneficial to those who they were writing to? Okay, so let me ask you this. Again, look at verse 11. He says, about this, there's much to say, but it's hard to explain. And then what do they say after that towards the end of verse 11? What's the description that they give to them? but you are what? Dull of hearing. Everyone say, dull of hearing. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear you. Okay, all right. That was a joke. So dull of hearing, okay? All right, so maybe when you read this, you're like, whoa, whoa. They just called the Hebrew Christians dull of hearing? Like, ouch. Well, what do you think the writer means by this? Why would he say that they have become dull of hearing, all right? Like, kind of think about that for a second. What do, you, what do you think that might mean? Yeah, Macy? Okay, right? Maybe slow to learn to understand what's happening. Okay, lazy, straight up lazy. Yeah, Jason? Okay, maybe they're like kind of prideful about where they're at. Byron? Yeah, yeah, maybe they're like, you know what, we have it all figured out, we're smart, we're all good, okay. But this word dull doesn't mean like stupid or incapable, but this word dull actually translates to no push. In other words, slow or sluggish, right? Basically, the car has broken down. That's the connotation that it gives here, because when it says dull of hearing, They don't mean just like physically hearing, they mean no part of who you are is open to what I am trying to say. And so when it comes to the spiritual growth of these Christians, their growth had slowed down to the point where they were basically in spiritual naps, where they were growing in their faith, but it got to a point where the writer says, you've become dull, like you've basically just stopped you're almost asleep. And so if their faith was an alarm, they were hitting snooze a lot. And I'm sure none of you have ever, ever used the snooze button, though, so you would have no idea what that means, I'm sure. So, but what does this mean for us today? What does is, what is this spiritual sleep or, you know, stopping in our growth look like? All right, well, Let me give you an example. So someone hears the gospel, they hear the good news of Jesus, right? They get excited, they get pumped, they say, oh man, Jesus is awesome. I want to learn more about Jesus. Well, they start reading their Bible and they start learning a little more. But as they read, they don't actually follow what the Bible says. Maybe they say, yeah, okay, this is actually, this is cool, but I don't really want, you know, the Bible to actually change my life. I'm cool with just like hearing or... Thinking about Jesus, but when it comes to me actually changing my life, I don't want to do that. That's not for me, right? That, that kind of mindset can lead us to become spiritually asleep. And so let me give you some specific examples. And so maybe if you have thought or if you've heard phrases like these, this might give you an idea of what a spiritual slumber might be. All right, here's some examples. I like going to church but I don't really care about what they're saying. You know what, I think what Pastor Nick is good, I think what he says is good and helpful, but I'm only going to do what I want to do. You know, there's some pretty cool verses in here that are like really neat to share online, but other verses that I read, yeah, I'm not going to talk about those. I'm only going to stick to the verses I really like. And then the other ones, I'm just going to pretend that they're not there. Or maybe you know what, I only go to church when it's convenient for me. I only want to learn about the Bible when it's like when I want to learn about it or when I want to do things, right? These are just kind of some general examples of things you might hear when somebody is approaching this spiritually asleep. And so someone has become dull of hearing as it's described here. They've basically become content... Of what they know of God in His Word. They have become stagnant. They are spiritually asleep. And so the author here, he's writing to these Christians, these Hebrew Christians, and saying, Man, you were growing in your faith, and now you just become stagnant. You're like a puddle that's getting dirty, and mosquitoes are hanging out in there. Like, what, what happened? And, you know, maybe, maybe some of you are there right now. Hopefully you're not physically asleep already. But maybe you are kind of spiritually in this place where, yeah, like I kind of like the Bible, but I don't really read a whole lot. Or I used to read it more and, you know, not really a whole lot. Or I just kind of, you know, whatever the verse of the day is, I kind of just like, like it and move on. Whatever the case may be. But look again at verse 11. It says, it says, uh, since you have become dull of hearing. And so when you read the Bible, it's important to remember that words matter because they became dull of hearing. And you might think, why is this important to understand that they became dull of hearing? Because I would say that these Christians didn't want to be this way. They didn't start out this way. I don't think these Christians got together and said, all right, guys, Let's get really excited about Jesus, and then in six months, let's just stop caring. Okay, ready? Break. I don't think that was their game plan at all. They weren't intentional about growing spiritually. They became content with where they were at to the point where the writer says, man, you guys are dull of hearing. Like, ouch. Because here's the truth. You're either growing closer to God or away from God. You're never really truly on pause. And so I don't know if there have been times in your life, and unfortunately there have been times in my life where I'm like, okay, I'm growing in my relationship with God, I'm learning more about Him, I'm reading the Bible, and then I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to like take a pause, and then in a couple weeks we'll kind of reconnect and then just pick up where we left off. But your relationship with God, it's not just a video game that you can pause and Go grab some snacks and come back in a little bit. Save your progress and just pick right back up. That's not how it works. It's not that simple. And I think a lot of these Christians were really excited about Jesus, but eventually their faith just came to a standstill. It literally just stopped. And so not only have these Christians came to like a halt in their growth, let me read verse 12 again and look at it in front of you. Verse 12 says this. For though by this time you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you, again, the basic principles. And when I read that, I go, ooh. What is he basically saying there in this passage? In verse 12, what is the author saying to these Christians? What are they getting at in verse 12? Yeah. <laughs> right, like... The author is saying, okay, you should be so far along in your faith, you should actually be teaching others, but instead, you need to go back to the basics. You should be way farther along that you should actually be teaching others, but in reality, what you need is to actually go back to the beginning. And so, think about this. You know, don't don't say anything out loud, but just think about this. How long have you been following Jesus? how long have you been following Jesus? And maybe not very long, maybe a long time, maybe you have no idea what that means. That's okay, but I just want you to think about that. If you have been following Jesus for a long time, does that compare with where you're at now? In other words, what you know about Jesus in the Bible, is it very different from where you were like five, ten years ago? Or is it basically the same? And and I, I don't... I don't ask that question to make you feel like bad or guilty or whatever, but I want you to think about that. Because my guess is that, I'm not trying to overgeneralize, but my guess is that everyone in this room falls into three categories. One, you don't really follow Jesus or you don't read the Bible. Number two, you follow Jesus and maybe read the Bible, but only when it's convenient or only when you want to. And those who want to follow Jesus with their head, their heart, and their hands. In other words, with their entire lives. And so again, I'm not trying to overgeneralize. I don't say this like to be judgy. I'm just trying to say, in general, my guess is all of you probably fall into one of those categories. You don't really know much at all about the Bible. You know some things, but it's kind of eh, here and there. Or you're saying, you know what, I want to learn and grow, and I want to follow Jesus. So think about this. Which category do you think you might fall into? And and let me preface that by saying, regardless of which one you think it is, we are so thankful that you are here tonight. Because that's why we do this, is because we want to learn more about what God's Word actually says. Because a lot of people say a lot of things about the Bible, but we actually want to open the Bible and show you what it says for itself. And that's why we're here. Because our desire is for you to come where you're at, but to not leave where you are. Because we want you to leave just a little bit closer and deeper relationship with God. Because God wants to meet us where we're at, but he doesn't want us to stay there. Because God wants to change your life. He wants to change your life. He's not content with just like, yeah, just do whatever you want, do your thing. He's like, no, I want you to become more like me. I want you to live a life of purpose. But that's something that you have to desire yourself. But thankfully, as the author of Hebrews writes this, they say all these things, but thankfully... They don't just move on. They actually offer a solution, right? Because he calls out this problem. He's saying, okay, you guys are like spiritually asleep. You used to be really excited, and now you're like, man, I don't really care anymore. But he offers a solution. And so look at verses uh, 12, 13, and 14. I'll give you a moment to read back over that. And let me ask you this. What do you think the solution is based off of these verses? What is the solution to them beginning to pull out of that spiritual slumber? What what do they say here in these verses? You need to start with what? What do you need to start out with again? Any ideas? Yeah, Ben? Okay, the basics. Perfect. And what other language does he use here? Violet? Okay, okay right track but a little bit after that what does he use he says first you need to start with what milk okay i'm not trying to trick you all right everyone say milk okay how many of you guys prefer whole milk anybody okay any skim milk fans Ooh. okay i'll pray for you okay okay let me let me let me ask you this how many chocolate milk fans Ooh, okay, all right, now we're talking, now we're on the same page again. Okay, so the author here, he says, first, you need to start out with milk. Look at the end of verse 12. It says, you need milk, not solid food, okay? And and they're not being offered nutritional advice. There's a deeper purpose behind this. They're saying, you need to start with milk and then move on to solid food okay, what is that all about? What do you you think that means when they say, okay, first, before you move on to solid food, that steak dinner, you need to start with milk. Why do you think they're supposed to start with milk? Any ideas here, Violet? Yeah, yeah, easier to process. That's exactly right. And so if you want to become spiritually mature, right, if you want to grow in your faith, if you want to kind of work your way toward a deeper relationship, you need to start with what you can process, what you can consume, okay? Now, how many of you have ever held or been around newborn infants, young, young infants, okay? All right, a lot of you. Okay, good. Cool. That's actually more than I thought. That's great. And you probably are aware that babies drink milk, right? From bottles. This is not rocket science because why? That's all they can handle, right? Babies use milk because that's all they can handle. Now imagine what would happen if you sat down with a 6-month-old baby and handed them a plate of loaded nachos. Imagine what next picture? Imagine what would happen if you said Here's a plate of loaded nachos. Enjoy. Don't even think about that because you shouldn't do it. Don't do it. Why would you not want to do that? Because that baby would choke on a big old chip. That's exactly right. Why? You don't do that. Because that child needs to start with what they can handle, with what they can process. But as they get older and grow up, they get to a point where they can have some softer foods and then they move on towards solid adult foods. And that's what the writer here is talking about. He's saying, okay, you Christians who are young in your faith, you need to start out with the basics. Start out with the things that you're able to process and swallow where you're at. However, if you stay there forever that's when you become spiritually stagnant. If all you do is just stay in the basic, basic teachings of God's Word and say, you know what, I'm fine with this. I'm just going to keep consuming this. It's all good. I don't want to go deeper. I don't want to move on to the solid, deeper stuff in the Bible. That's a recipe for becoming exactly what the writer here says, spiritually asleep. And so... You know, if you don't know much about the Bible, that's okay. I'm glad you're here. That's why we're here. But our hope is that we want to see you grow and to learn more about the Bible. We hope that what you learn in seventh grade changes a lot when you're in high school. We want to see you grow in your relationship because that's the goal of discipleship. And remember last semester, last year, we talked all semester about discipleship And the goal of discipleship or the goal of following Jesus is to pursue spiritual maturity and Christ-likeness. And again, what that means is to grow in your faith, to have a deeper and deeper understanding of who God is and to resemble Christ himself. In every area of your life, to know God's word and to actually live it out. That's what God wants. He wants you to know who he is And to live our lives in response to that. That's the goal. And so we want to do exactly that. We want to help you grow in your faith. And we want to help you with where you're at. And so if you've never read the Bible, that's great. I'm glad you're here. We want to start you with some of the the easier steps on what it looks like to study the Bible. But eventually, we hope that as you learn and grow, that you can kind of progress and eventually move on to the super spiritual loaded nachos. That's exactly what we want you to do. We want you to get deeper and deeper in your faith. And again, we don't want you to stay there. Because I remember there were times in my life where I needed understanding and help of what was in the Bible. I remember after I placed my faith in Jesus, I opened this book, and I remember asking somebody, why are there all these numbers in these books, like I'm so confused. And someone had to actually show me what all of these numbers mean. There were times where I'm like, okay, you said John, but there's like three Johns. Which, which one are you talking about? Right? Like I was so confused. I had to figure out how to actually turn the pages in the Bible to go where I wanted to read. We all have to start somewhere in our faith but we shouldn't stay there forever. We all need to start somewhere in our faith. I did, but we shouldn't stay there forever. And so let me ask you this. How many of you have ever taken swim lessons as a kid or in school? Anybody? Okay. All right. Some of you are like pro swimmers by now, but whatever. All right. Now imagine, okay, think back to when you took those swim lessons. Imagine the first day of swim class. They say, okay, okay, come on up, come on up. Okay, again, you've never swam before ever. And they say, okay, let's line you up here right along the deep end. Go ahead. Let's line you up. And the director says, or the instructor says, okay, good luck. (laughs) And just pushes you in the deep end. How would you feel about those swim lessons? Uh, Probably not too great. I would probably want my money back and I might be making some phone calls. That's not how you should really do that. And maybe that was your experience. I'm sorry about that. But here's the reality. If you want to be able to swim in the deep end, where do you start? The shallow end. You start in the shallow end. And thankfully, I was always really tall, so I could just walk around most of the pool, so it was great for me. I was like, I could do this. And then eventually, I'm like, oh, it actually goes deeper. Never mind. If you want to go in the deep end, you got to start in the shallow end. And so, After I placed my faith in Jesus, when I was 16 years old, that's when I trusted in Christ, someone took time to help me learn the basics of the Bible. I had to start with milk, start with things that I could swallow because I didn't know anything about the Bible. I remember somebody was talking about Noah and I was like, is that the guy who was hanging out with the lions in the den? Or I think I heard that somewhere. Like Someone had to actually teach me these basic, basic principles. But eventually, I began to grow more and more, and as I grew, I began to have a deeper understanding and read other books of the Bible that I was like, this is in here? Whoa. But I had to start somewhere. And to this day, I haven't stopped. Because continually, I want to find ways to deepen and deepen my faith. And actually, I think, is there the next picture? That was me. I was kind of waiting to see what you guys would say. I don't know. Um, this This was one of my senior pictures. And this was like about a year after I trusted in Christ. And I was so excited about Jesus. I told the photographer, I want pictures with my Bible open. And they're like, what? And I was like, I don't care. I'm paying you. I want pictures with my Bible open because I was excited. And so I had, fun fact, not too long before this, I was just introduced to the book of Psalms in the middle. And I read this psalm about like being down by the water and the stream. And I was like, ooh. So I thought, why not get a picture with my Bible next to the stream? I mean, it seemed like a great idea. And I look super, super spiritual. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I showed my, that picture to a friend of mine, they're like, whoa, you must really read your Bible a lot. I'm like, yeah, all the time. And I actually still have that Bible in my office, so cool story. But this is just a little reminder that I had to start somewhere in my faith. Each and every one of the adults in this room, guess what? They had to start somewhere in their faith. We all had to start somewhere. But every day, I pray that I would never lose my excitement and curiosity for God's Word. I want to continue to learn and grow. But you know what? What does verse 14 say? Trained. Trained by constant practice. What does that mean? It takes effort. If you've ever played a sport or an instrument or you're in you know, theater or whatever, You have lots of practices, right? So you can get better and work on those skills and to learn and to improve. Well, it's the same way when it comes to understanding the Bible and deepening your relationship with Jesus. You need to be trained. And that's what we call discipleship. Discipleship literally means to be a student. And so when I was 16, I had people in my life teach me how to read the Bible. And there are still people to this day who help me learn and grow. And so the question I want you to think about, is there somebody in your life who's helping you learn how to read God's Word? Is there somebody helping train you in what the Bible says? Because if you want to, look at the end of verse 14. If you want to distinguish good from evil... If you want to know the difference between right and wrong, if you want to know what God's Word actually says, then you actually have to read God's Word. Because look at verse 1 of chapter 6. So right after that, it says this. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on towards maturity. And so if you want to have a deep, meaningful relationship with Jesus, if you want to know what God's Word actually says then you need to take time to learn and to grow to pursue maturity and so if you're here tonight and you have a deep meaningful relationship with jesus sorry if you're here tonight and you don't have a a relationship with jesus that's where it starts it starts with beginning a relationship with jesus Because if you want to deepen your relationship with Jesus, it starts with a relationship with Him. And if you have placed your faith in Jesus, and maybe you're, you know, young in that belief, or maybe you've not really read the Bible a whole lot, that's okay. Because remember, we all have to start somewhere. There's no shame in that. I'm a pastor, and there was a time in my life that I'm like, uh, what do these numbers mean? We all have to start somewhere. But you know what? If you're young in your faith, start with the basics. I wouldn't recommend starting your Bible reading in Leviticus. Start somewhere a little different. And you know what? We want to help you know where to go and what to do. And if you have been following Jesus for a while, or maybe a long time, where are you at spiritually? Because I want you to think about this. A lot of the New Testament, a lot of the second half of the Bible are letters written by the apostles, the leaders of the early church. And I often think to myself, today, if I were to get a letter from one of these apostles, if I were to get a letter from one of the early church leaders, what would that letter say? And I want you to think about that. If you were to get a letter like these Hebrew Christians received, what would that letter say about where you're at? how would they describe where you're at spiritually? Would they say, wow, you are spiritually hungry for God's Word? Or would they say, yeah, you are dull of hearing. And some of you maybe need to work on your hearing skills in general, but I'm talking about every aspect of your life are you seeking to follow Jesus. And so that's why this semester we're going to do a Bible study that I called Foundations. And so the goal of this semester, the goal of this study is to help you, one, learn the basics of what the Bible teaches, but secondly, to help you go deeper and deeper. And so some of you might be like, yeah, well, I already know some of the basics of what the Bible says. You, you might be surprised that you don't know as much as you think you do. And secondly, I want to help push you and go deeper and deeper to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. And so some of the topics that we're going to cover this semester are who uh, who is God really? What is human nature? You know, you, you talk about sin a lot. I read about sin in the Bible. What is sin? Who is the Holy Spirit? All of these kinds of questions we are going to cover. And my hope is that by the end of the semester maybe you'll be like theologians or something. I don't know, but who that would be, be pretty cool. And so I hope that you're excited about this semester. And digging into some really deep topics. So if you have never really read the Bible, I promise you're going to learn a lot about what the Bible actually says. And to build some solid foundations in your life. And if you have read the Bible a long time, I'm going to push you and push you to think more deeply about what you believe and why you actually believe it. So no matter where you're at, my hope is that you're going to learn and grow a lot this semester. So before we dismiss the small groups to give you some time to kind of process a little bit more about what we studied tonight quickly, uh, let me just pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to just take some time to open your word and to talk about it and discuss it. God, I pray that wherever each and every student is here tonight, whether they don't really know much about the Bible, whether they have read some and maybe are okay with where they're at, or whether they are continuing to learn and grow, I just ask that you would give us all humility and give us a desire to want to grow because each and every one of us have a next step in our faith. None of us have arrived and we all have to start somewhere. So God, may tonight be the night that we take that next step to say, I really want to deepen my relationship with you. I want to move on to the deeper waters. So God, help us to do that. Thank you again for this time. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. And so I know it's been a minute, um, so again, here are the small groups and the locations. If you're not sure where to go, if you don't remember, uh, find a friend, find a leader, and again, we'll give you some time to process a little bit, and then we'll spend the last portion of the night down in the gym, hanging out, eating some snacks, all that kind of jazz. All right?